1: Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a National Association member, FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And this is Bridget. And you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. To. And today we're talking about a little website you might have heard of called Wikipedia. Do you use Wikipedia a lot, Bridget?
3: Um, I use it a fair amount. Usually something related to was so-and-so in that movie or what year did XYZ random thing come out. When I was teaching, it was sort of the bane of my existence because we'd always
1: drill into students like, do not use Wikipedia. It's not a good source. Yeah, yeah. I also use it mostly for pop culture questions. I think the last two things I looked up on Wikipedia were apparently there was a lawsuit involving the script of Jingle all the way. So I wanted to get to the bottom of that. And then (laughs) I wanted to figure out if I had understood the plot of this horror movie I was watching called Triangle and that it wasn't just my 4am brain that was confused. Um, Yeah, so mostly pop culture stuff, but I do use it quite a bit. And we're not the only ones. Uh, Probably people might use it for different things than that. But um, a lot of people use Wikipedia. It is the fifth most popular website on the internet behind Google, YouTube, Facebook, and Baidu. It gets 32 million visits a day. 53% of Americans look for information on Wikipedia. So, big website.
3: It is a big website. And as I mentioned a second ago, Think about all the students and young people and people out there for whom Wikipedia is informing how they think about certain issues. It really can, you know, when you think about it, it really can be this foundational website that we don't even really think critically about necessarily. And
1: we should. We should. And lately people have been because, and a lot of you listeners have written in about this, a gender discrepancy has come to light when it comes to Wikipedia. And it is twofold. Firstly... Of the 1.7 billion English biographies on Wikipedia, only 17% are about women. And only 20% of those 17% contain images. And the problem is even worse in some languages like Tajik, which is the official language of Tajikistan, where only 1% of the published biographies are on women. And secondly, and I would argue probably related, most of the contributors on Wikipedia are male. What's funny is that you can
3: actually look this up on Wikipedia, which I found very interesting. There's an article all about the gender bias on Wikipedia called, funnily enough, Gender Bias on Wikipedia.
1: Yeah, and it opens with, gender bias on Wikipedia reflects the fact that a dominant majority of volunteer Wikipedia editors, particularly on the English language site, are male. This has led to Wikipedia having fewer and less extensive articles about women or topics important to women. It figures among the most frequent criticisms of Wikipedia and part of a more general criticism about systemic bias in Wikipedia. The Wikimedia Foundation, which runs Wikipedia, agrees with these criticisms and has made an ongoing attempt to increase female editorship of Wikipedia. So things like editathons have been held to encourage female editors and increase the coverage of women's topics. And they include... um, numbers that indicate the average volunteer content editor is a young, college-educated male. Only about 8.5% to 16% of content editors on Wikipedia are female. And of editors that made more than 500 edits, the average male editor has twice as many edits as the average female editor. Have you ever edited anything on Wikipedia? Yeah, I've actually been part of an edit-a-thon that was
3: specifically around getting more inclusion um, on Wikipedia in terms of the editor. So I've done that. I also have been known to get into a back and forth, like someone will change something and I'm like, no, that's wrong. So then I'll change it and then they'll change it and then I'll change it. Like I've I been known to get a little obsessive <laughs> about that kind of thing. Um, when someone is wrong on the internet, they must know. Um, how about you? Do you, Have you ever done this?
1: I've never done it. And I actually had no idea how it worked. I thought it was as simple as kind of like click edit and write something in, but it it's not quite that simple. Is that correct? It's not that
3: simple. You have to have a page. You have to have an account. It's I mean, it's pretty simple. Like anyone can do it. But it's not just as simple as click edit, you can change it. And that's it.
1: Right. And I think a lot of people sort of have the same misunderstanding around it that I do that maybe you have to be more qualified or less qualified. Like, I, I'd never actually really thought about how it worked before. I think that that could be a part of this problem. Definitely.
3: I know that we're going to talk more about some of the, the cultural and social reasons why women don't feel necessarily like this is something they should be spending their time on. But one that I think is, this is purely anecdotal, but I think that we have for such a long time looked down on internet, culture, participation when it reads as female. And so I'm talking about things like obsessively maintaining a Tumblr account or, you know, when I was growing up, it was like uh, editing your MySpace page just so (laughs) or, you know, all of these little ways that I think a lot of women and queer folks got their start in participatory online communities. People look down on that like, oh, it's just women microblogging about hair or fashion When in reality, what makes that different than something like Wikipedia? I think that because when women are, kind of like what we talked about with the fan fiction episode, when something is associated with femaleness or perceived to be something that women are doing, even if that thing is is a technical skill or a skill that is, you know, like that's not that different than being a Wikipedia editor. But yet, because we've just kind of compartmentalized it as like a dumb women's hobby, I think that we see things like being a Wikipedia editor, even though it's in my book very similar, we see those as male. Yeah. And I think, I think that keeps a lot of us out.
1: Yeah, I would completely agree. And if we go back to that article from the Wikimedia Foundation, it goes on to point out another problem, which is an analysis of the articles that do exist about women found that they were more likely to use words relating to gender and family. Articles about men are likelier to have more positive words, (laughs) and articles about women are likelier to have more negative words. From this article, quote, researchers believe that this is a sign Wikipedia editors consider male the null gender, in other words, that male is assumed unless otherwise specified. Articles about women are also less likely to have metadata or hyperlinks.
3: I've noticed that so much, and it drives me crazy. And it's not just for women, it's for people of color as well that if you're not that if you're reading an article that is about a white male subject, odds are it's going to be full of sources, links, so many of those blue links versus those red links. But, you know, let it be someone who's not a white male and it's just not the same experience,
1: right. And there is another critique of this gender content gap, and it has to do with, as The Guardian describes it, quote, deciding what matters. And to illustrate this point, they give the example of the article on female porn stars on Wikipedia, which is far better organized than the article on female authors. Also, women were removed from the page on American Novelist to a different page called American Women Novelist. Ugh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. just ugh. a wiki article on the work to find the structure of benzene contained three paragraphs on the male chemist involved and one sentence for the crystallographer who finally figured it out kathleen lonsdale so things like that
3: and she's the person who like cracked the code or whatever she right. you know was a pretty foundational person in this whole situation
1: yeah just one sentence though that's all we need <laughs> In 2011, the New York Times reported on all of this. And Sue Gardner, who was the executive director of the Wikimedia Foundation at the time, said that diversifying Wikipedia in terms of content and contributors was essential for making Wikipedia the best it could be. And like you were saying earlier, think about it. Think of how many of us use it every day from young children, school kids working on projects to podcasters doing some research for an episode about gender bias in Wikipedia to everyone who has ever had a random question about any insert pop culture thing here that they wanted answered. It really is a big deal.
3: It is a big deal. And like I said earlier, you don't really stop and think about the way that Wikipedia is kind of creating culture. It's creating our understanding of how we perceive the world around us in, in ways that are really salient.
1: And that New York Times article went on to suggest some reasons why this gap might exist, including, quote, an obsessive fact-loving realm, associations with a, quote, hard-driving hacker crowd and the need to be open to very difficult, high-conflict people, even misogynist. And like I was saying earlier, I was surprised reading this because I've never edited a Wikipedia page. And the thought that I might have to deal with misogynists, that never occurred to me. (laughs) Like if if I go on to edit something on Wikipedia, this is what the meaning of this movie meant, that I might run into misogyny. Um, Although I thought about it some more. And I suppose the possibility to deal with misogynists, especially online, is omnipresent. (laughs)
3: yeah they're they're always there. Trust me. they're lurking, waiting, however innocuous the thing is that you think they're there.
1: <laughs> so I learned about jingle all the way today, and a misogynist comes in. What do you, know, lady? Get out of here. Um so real quick, can you go into what it takes, like a basic rundown of how to edit on Wikipedia and why I might run into misogynist?
3: so basically you you've pretty much got it right. So if you're not sure how it works, basically you sign up to be an editor, which anyone can do. It takes no time. You build a page, which again, anyone can do. And then an editor who's been around kind of Wikipedia for longer, checks in and checks on your pages, making sure that the sources are good, making sure that nothing needs to be flagged, that you're not just a troll who's adding in something to be funny, which I have seen a lot of, which (laughs) I actually kind of, it makes me laugh. I'm I'm not going to lie. And that's basically it. Those changes, if they're approved by that other editor, they get approved and that's how you edit something.
1: Um, And so possibly the people approving could be these misogynists that I might run into.
3: Oh, definitely. Um, Oh, I could say so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll just say this. Something that you mentioned earlier from the New York Times piece, the perception that the kind of people who would be involved in Wikipedia editing are a certain kind of type. And I guess from being involved in sort of like open internet spaces or like spaces where internet freedom is a thing, uh, I don't think that perception that the New York Times article explains is incorrect. And so the kind of person who obsessively wants to be involved in Wikipedia at this level, I don't think people are wrong to perceive that that person might be, you know— but how did the New York Times put it? Like a, like a high-conflict hacker type or
1: whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the New York Times did a follow-up article, I think a year later, and it went into further detail about why this gap might exist and this having to deal with misogynist thing. And they interviewed Susan C. Herring, who is a professor of information science and linguistics. And she said that the talk pages, which is a space where a conversation around article content happens, can be very intimidating for women. And for an example... A user pointed out that several pages about movies with rape scenes described these rape scenes as sex scenes or as making love. And when the change to the to use the proper word uh, was requested, the revision was rejected with the logic that the word rape is not neutral. So sex is more appropriate, and it makes women feel unwelcome, unsurprisingly.
3: That example, the, that rape versus sex example, is like the perfect example to describe what I'm talking about where there is this, I don't even know how to put it into words, this attitude that, like, oh, they're being so unbiased. Like, we can't use the word rape, even if, like, legally, these things are rape and there's no, there's no gray area about yeah. it. Like, this, we're talking about rape. We can't use that because it would be unbiased. And we must be, like, we are the sort of neutral men who are deciding what's what. And we are so, you know, unencumbered by that womanly, you know, emotion. <laughs> and it's like, no, we're talking about Clear rape, like, there's not, no. So that example really, I think, does a great job of illustrating what I have felt, this idea that, you know, if you were to accurately describe something as rape, that is seen as, quote-unquote, taking a stance or somehow political or, like, the same way that in media, sometimes people use phrases like racially charged or racially tinged to avoid calling something racist in this misguided attempt to be, like, unbiased, and the fact of the matter is, you know, it's okay to use words when they accurately describe a thing.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And another unsurprising example that this article mentioned is basically mentioning anything about feminism is like opening a Pandora's box on Wikipedia. That that did not surprise me at all.
3: Yeah, that's been par for the course. Like, on the internet and elsewhere... You know, places like Reddit, which I used to really love, that is such a lightning rod. Even if even if it's meant in a way that is like completely non-confrontational. Like it's just as soon as you
1: mention the F word, right. things get heated. Right. Man, I could do a whole yeah, I, I've sort of lost Reddit. <laughs> and it's sad, it makes me sad, but it's kind of similar to these things that we're talking about in this episode. Um, Joseph M. Regal echoed all of this. He is an author and academic who writes about Wikipedia and technology, and he describes the culture of hacker elitism and basically a minority of loud, conflict-prone contributors that can make the experience a very toxic one. And it reminds me of some of the stuff that we talked about in our video game episode. From this New York Times piece, Why Open Doesn't Include Everyone, quote, the ideology and rhetoric of freedom and openness can then be used, A, to suppress concerns about inappropriate or offensive speech as censorship, and B, to rationalize low female participation as simply a matter of their personal preference and choice.
3: Okay, that's such bullshit. Here's the situation. Anytime that someone... Obviously, I am not a proponent of censorship. Obviously, that is the case. However... When people use this argument about like, oh, free speech on the internet, censorship, like, let's be straight. Nine times out of 10, they are using that as an excuse to protect really inflammatory behavior online. And they don't understand or even care about the way that their, you know, quote unquote, protection of that kind of behavior and that kind of speech actually does a disservice to free speech because you were drowning out voices who then find the whole thing so toxic that they shut up. So it's just... This is something that like boils my blood when people are like, "Oh, why can't I be? Why can't I say the Holocaust didn't happen on
1: Twitter? Or whatever happened to free speech?" And I'm like, "Get out of here! <laughs> Get out of here! Like, what are you? What are you saying? What are you doing?" I agree so much, and I can't remember what episode it was, but I found that example someone gave of um, a woman trying to standing up on a pedestal and trying to say something, and like five thousand men throwing stones at her. And like, there is an issue of free speech there, but it's not the one that people are complaining about. Like,
3: Oh my gosh. I mean, we, I could talk all day, but it's really interesting when people talk about quote unquote free speech online, they aren't talking about, like, we all know the speech that they're talking about. And it's very interesting how those same proponents of free speech, how they don't take up the mantle when a woman is kicked off of Twitter for tweeting men are trash which happens all the time, like look it up. It's so interesting that <laughs> people who cry the loudest about protecting free speech online, it's very interesting the speech that they tend to rally around and those who they
1: you don't hear a peep about. So its just, I find that really interesting. I do too. <laughs> um, if we go back to this article that we're talking about, another person included in it was professor and researcher Justine Castle, who suggested that this gender gap on Wikipedia has to do with something we've talked about a lot on this show, and that is the credibility gap between men and women. The fact that women are judged more harshly and that we are more accepting of men being contentious within a debate as a society, not Bridget and I, uh, than we are of women. See, also, she's a bitch. Like, shutting down women who are in a debate as being, like, too aggressive... Or, or not being aggressive enough because, you know, we can't really, it's a, such a narrow zone that we're allowed to exist in in this space.
3: Oh, that's, I mean, see also every woman who's ever opened her mouth about anything, anywhere, about any topic <laughs> ever since the beginning of time.
1: <laughs> we can really extrapolate this out quite a bit. <laughs> we have some more for you, but first we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor. So there have been mixed reports as to whether the environment on Wikipedia is sexist. Wikimedia's 2011 survey found that very few women reported being harassed, and the number that thought it was a sexualized environment was small. But a separate report that year found something kind of different, concluding the culture around Wikipedia contribution was, quote, resistant to female participation. And after these studies came out, Wikimedia made a goal to get to 25% female contributors by the end of the year. And they completely failed, completely. And it's sort of a joke inside the Wikipedia community, among the contributors anyway.
3: A 2014 study pinpointed an, quote, internet skills gap, compounding the problem. At lower skilled levels, the gender gap was almost non-existent, but it was very prominent at higher skill levels. And since most of the contributors are higher-skilled males, you can really see how that would make things a lot
1: worse. And yet another study from 2017 found that female participants editing a Wikipedia page as part of the experiment largely reported believing that other editors were male and thus would judge the female participants' edits more harshly. And the study recommended, quote, visible female editors on Wikipedia and broader encouragement of the use of constructive feedback that may begin to alleviate the Wikipedia gender gap. Furthermore, the relatively high proportion of anonymous editors may exacerbate the Wikipedia gender gap as anonymousness may often be perceived as male and more critical. And if you're curious as to whether this problem is specific to or worse on Wikipedia compared to other encyclopedias, Wikipedia is not the only offender. Research compared Wikipedia to the Encyclopedia Britannica and found that on average, Wikipedia had better, longer coverage. And they have more articles about women in general. But Wikipedia is more likely to be missing articles on women than Encyclopedia Britannica. So Wikipedia has more coverage overall, but Britannica is more equal opportunity when it comes to who they don't cover, if that makes Mm, sense.
3: It does. So Susan Gardner, who we talked about earlier, gave nine reasons for this content gender gap on Wikipedia. A lack of user-friendliness in the editing interface, not having enough free time, because, you know, women are busy. (laughs) A lack of self-confidence, aversion to conflict, and an unwillingness to participate in a lengthy edit war, which you know I love. (laughs) belief that their contributions are too likely to be deleted or reverted, and some find this the overall atmosphere to be misogynistic and hostile to women. Being addressed as male can be off-putting to some women whose primary language has grammatical gender, and fewer opportunities than other sites for social relationships and a welcoming tone overall. So those are some of the reasons that Gardner found for this gender content gap on Wikipedia.
1: And going off of that, others have zeroed in on the culture of Wikipedia being non-inclusive towards women in terms of the ratio of male-to-female-centric edited and represented topics, the higher rate of reversion when it comes to edits made by women, and or the fact that articles with a higher number of female editors are perceived as more contentious. The National Science Foundation gave $200,000 to researchers in 2014 to suss out What's going on here? And one worry that some of the researchers wrote about after doing this research is that articles with female subjects are likelier to be tagged for deletion. Ugh. Yeah,
3: that's pretty upsetting. Um, Wikimedia, the foundation that runs Wikipedia, similarly gave $250,000 in funding as part of the Inspire campaign. But only 34% of the participants in this project that was all about getting more women involved in Wikipedia were women. Um, Susan Gardner... She was not feeling this, and I really agree with her. She had voiced her anger around the lack of progress on this problem. She says, in the very limited leisure time that women had, they tended to be more involved in social activities instead of editing Wikipedia, she said. The solution won't come from the Wikimedia Foundation. She went on to say, women see technology more as a tool that they use to accomplish a task rather than something fun in and of itself. Um, You know, I I really agree with Gardner here. love the wikimedia foundation full disclosure i once applied to work there and i have friends that work there but i do think this is one of those problems where perhaps we should not be expecting the solution to come from within and i think i think that what wikimedia is doing is admirable but i think that this is a problem that goes deeper than throwing money at it particularly from an internal source like i think money is always a good start for trying to get to the root of things but I I honestly think this is a deeper problem than just something Wikipedia can suss out internally on their own.
1: Some people, we should say, like Heather McDonald, say this isn't a problem at all. She attributes this difference to different interests held by men and women. I feel like it's still important to equally represent um, men and women on Wikipedia. However that happens, I think that is important.
3: Definitely, because even if McDonald is right, and the problem is just that men are more interested in being Wikipedia editors than women for no nefarious reason, that still leaves us at a point where women's contributions are being looked over or erased altogether. And so even if that is the simple solution, that doesn't help us. We still need to tackle this problem because, as we said earlier, Wikipedia is creating how we perceive culture.
1: Yeah, and there are some things in motion to try to tackle this gap. And we'll get into that after one more quick break for a word from our sponsor.
0: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking.
2: Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.
1: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. People are trying to make things on Wikipedia more equal. There's a couple of things going on. Uh, towards the end of 2018, a group of folks in the Swedish Embassy in Washington, D.C. participated in the Women's Economic Empowerment Editathon, which was a project hosted by Wikimedia DC. And for three hours, the 15 volunteers created and edited articles about notable Swedish women. And you said you were you'd participated in an editathon, right, Bridget?
3: I did it was really fun you know I sort of just did it because I got an email from a friend who was organizing it and I thought oh this is at the time I didn't really know a ton about Wikipedia I didn't know any of the things that that were unfolding here it just seemed like a cool thing to do with women and I love online communities I love the like I loved Reddit I was a, a Reddit moderator for a while before it got horrible to deal with but I was just interested in Like, oh, women want to be doing an internet thing together. Like, what's that about? Um, And I have to report that it was, it just really just goes back to the research that having it be this organized thing where community building among women was explicitly part of the deal, that made it that much more enjoyable for me. So it really goes back to the research that Gardner found that, you know, if women don't necessarily feel that warm, fuzzy community aspect of being involved in Wikipedia and that, you know, for me, the edit-a-thon really, like, that was a big part of it. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a pretty fun experience and I am I would love to participate in one now that I've, like, read about it. Um, I'm really interested in trying it out. Um, another piece of this, of the solution of minimizing the gap um, is a project called Visual Editor. And this is a Wisewig or what-you-see-is-what-you-get style of editing, where the screen you see when you're editing closely resembles what you will get when you publish your edits. And this is aimed in part to close the gender content gap by making the editing process more user-friendly and less intimidating. And I've never edited on Wikipedia, but I do remember in college I had to take classes about different internet languages and building websites, and it was very intimidating To just be looking like a bunch of code and hope that when you press publish, (laughs) it'll do what you want it to do, as opposed to one of them was much more visual and much closer to what the final product would look like. So you felt more confident when you pushed publish.
3: Oh, my gosh. This is, I could talk about this all day. Like, I don't want to get us off on a tangent as I want (laughs) to do. But, you know, I used to, so I'm, I'm a very basic coder. Like, I would never call myself... A skilled coder, I can do it in a very basic way. And how I learned how to do it was lying about knowing how to do it on a resume, and just like, and just like figuring it out. And I remember thinking, oh, this is one, this is like going to be so difficult. I just assumed that I would not be able to do it. That this it was this high minded, quote unquote, male hard skill. And when I actually sat down to do it, I realized there's probably a lot of women out there who have bought into this idea of these kinds of technical skills being something they'll never be able to learn. It's like so unscrutable. I'll never learn it. It's going to be this horrible process. And really, it was like very easy And then I learned that for most coders, they're like looking things up on Google as they go, go along. And I, I realized that i had really bought into this idea as coding things online as scary and difficult and hard in a way that was almost like an internalized misogyny that like I just assumed that my tiny girl brain couldn't figure it out. <laughs> And then I, I really realized, like, wow, we really shroud a lot of tech things in this gauze of, you know, they're so difficult and inscrutable and only a, a high-minded, savvy male can figure it out. And really, that's not true.
1: No, not at all. Uh, did you find, when you were editing a page on Wikipedia, did you find that it was an intimidating interface or pretty easy to use?
3: I, the WYSIWYG is definitely easier for me. Mm-hmm. I mean i I'm no expert, but I would say I could understand why someone who didn't have a technical background might think they would need one, but you absolutely do not
1: no, 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 no i I'm also a very basic coder, and I have to say I really enjoyed it there There's some kind of problem solving aspect to to some of it that I can see how some people would hate, but I very much enjoyed when you knew there was a problem in the code and you had to find out where it was um but there is a whole thing dedicated at making things less scary for first-time editors on Wikipedia, and it's called Wikipedia Tea House. Their tagline is "a friendly place to learn about editing on Wikipedia," and you can ask questions, and people will answer them. So, if you if this is something that anyone out there has been avoided of, but is interested in, that that might be a really good place to start.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, This is probably going to surprise nobody, but in 2015, a proposal for women-only spaces for editors was strongly opposed by Wikipedia editors. Probably, again, like, whoever saw that coming, (laughs) women having their own, like, inclusive women-only space to do this, being opposed by a bunch of male editors?
1: No, I don't believe it. So the person who made this request was harassed online afterwards, and her username was linked to pornographic images by a fellow wiki editor, and another editor told her, quote, the easiest way to avoid being called a is not to act like one. She was asked to join Wikipedia's Gender Gap Task Force, but the trolls followed her there, demanding proof that there was a gender gap at all, and she quit a few days later. However, she once again proposed a space for female um, editors in 2015, and people posted in the Opposed section on the, the request uh, that they would fight to the death this proposal. After finding these pornographic pictures linked to her username, the editor went to Wikipedia's arbitration committee. But not only did they decline her request, they banned her from editing for at least a year Due to a complaint opened against her from another editor, claiming that since she was involved in multiple complaints, she must be the issue.
3: Wow, that really says it all, I think. And first of all, I have to just—I I have to say this: the person who said they would fight to the death. I mean, come on. <laughs> At a certain point, these, I mean, these are the kind of people that you're dealing with—people who take this so seriously that they are pledging to fight to
1: the death over Wikipedia editing. Like, come on. Right. <laughs> and and of note, one of Wikipedia's five pillars of their civility policy is that editors treat each other with respect and civility. Doesn't sound like this is happening.
3: Yeah, harassing someone until they quit sounds pretty civil.
1: Yeah. Um, and then something you kind of touched on earlier... This is another solution that has been bandied around is the wiki project Women in Red, W-I-R. It's a project focused on turning red links into blue links within the scope of women's biographies and women's works. It started in 2014, and since then, the percentage of biographies on women went from 15% to 17.75% that it is now. And you can find this wiki project on Wikipedia, of course, and it gives you instructions on how to join the effort to minimize the content gender gap, if you're interested. It's pretty cool. They have an event section and a happening now, and as we record this, wiki editors are working on photography, laureates, and countries that begin with I. So that sounds Mm -hmm. kind of like a fun thing to get involved in. Yeah. And in case you didn't know, wiki projects are groups of people working together to improve Wikipedia, usually with a specific focus. I wasn't I hadn't really run into those before, I don't think.
3: Yeah, I, I don't really know that much about them either, so that's, this is useful for me. An undergraduate student at Chicago's Loyola University, Emily Templewood, started contributing to female scientists biographies. Now she reported getting emails from trolls as a result, but that didn't stop her. She founded the wiki project Women Scientists, which she described as a wiki project dedicated to ensuring quality coverage of biographies of women scientists. Unfortunately, part of Wikipedia's systematic bias is that women in science are woefully underrepresented. Let's change that. In 2016, she and the founder of Women in Red, Rosie Stevenson Goodnight, won Wikipedian of the Year. So shout out to those badass ladies.
1: Yeah, and another another badass lady here is a physicist at Imperial College London, Jess Wade. And she's spearheading the effort to get more STEM women on Wikipedia, And she's a frequent Wikiathon editor and estimates the average time it takes to create a biography is an hour and a half. Just useful information in case anyone's wondering. And these pages that she's creating or is involved with creating um, are getting a lot of views, by the way. And one of the things that you pointed out in the
3: research, which I could not agree with more, having a Wikipedia page can really give you more credibility, especially if you're a scientist. And it gives children role models to look up or an opportunity to see themselves in a position they might not otherwise think of themselves in. And so think about when you Google someone and you're like, oh, they have a Wikipedia page. It does add a, a level of credibility to their work.
1: Yeah, it does for sure. And, and just one thing to put out there, because an argument that a lot of people make is that maybe there aren't that many female scientists out there, um, The numbers do not back that argument up. Based on Wikipedia's numbers, you'd estimate somewhere between 7 to 11 percent of prominent chemists are female, dead or alive. In 2014, about 40 percent of employed chemists in the U.S. were female. Estimates suggest that about one-third of biographies on chemists should be female. And another part of it is the notable thing. Perhaps a woman didn't get the title because of barriers in her way, but she might have been behind the scenes or still on the front lines, but not credited for her work. Things like that. How many amazing women have we never heard of? Mm,
3: That is so true. And I, I just shout out to people who are helping us reimagine and rethink, you know, the way that we credit these women, the way that we include them. Because if we don't build monuments to the work of People who are traditionally excluded or marginalized women, queer folks, folks of color, you know if we don't if we don't build those monuments to their work, we won't you know how will we remember them?
1: Yeah. Um, it would be really amazing if we could if we could all harness the power of the Sminty community, and it is powerful to contribute to this. Um, let's all become contributors. I know I'm like so into this idea. I love doing research and sort of going down rabbit holes and. <laughs> I I think that uh, this could be a really fun project to participate in.
3: Yeah, and also I would love to hear folks' favorite Wikipedia article, Rabbit Holes, because I definitely was up on like 3 a.m. up at night reading a Wikipedia page about the list of animals that have fraudulent diplomas and
1: degrees. You'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I want to look up that. <laughs> I was trying to figure out the plot of... Um, all of the Friday the 13th movies recently.
3: Hmm. Uh, so, Wikipedia, I mean, from podcast research to random things that you do when you when you should be sleeping, <laughs> we, we really, we're so, we should really be thankful for Wikipedia's presence in our life.
1: We really should be, and I think um, we can we can contribute to make it better. Uh, I'm definitely going to look up a, an edit-a-thon. And for listeners, we would love to hear... From you, if you're involved in this at all, or um, what are your favorite Wikipedia rabbit holes to go down? Indeed, you can find us online at stuff Mom Never Told You on Instagram and at Mom Stuff Podcast on Twitter. And where can people find you, Bridget, as you woefully, sadly wind down your time here at Sminty?
3: Well, you can always find what I'm doing on Twitter. On Twitter, I'm at Bridget Marie, and I would love it if you followed me on Instagram. I'm Bridget Marie in DC.
1: And you can always email us at momstuff at momstuffathowstuffworks.com. You can find me on social media as well. That's the one benefit of having a name that is spelled differently than most people spell it. Easy to find. Uh, thanks, as always, to our producer, Andrew Toward, And thanks to you for listening. <laughs> Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip
2: at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This
1: episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive